The demand for Chinese art and antiquities is booming. Hong Kong is one of the world's top markets for Chinese art, and arguably the best location in the world to find reputable Chinese contemporary art. Helped by international exhibitions such as Art Basel, Hong Kong has become the third largest art market in the world. Hong Kong's tax-free status and numerous other tax benefits make it an attractive location for the buying and selling of art. So, how do you go about evaluating and investing in Chinese contemporary art? To tell us, I'm joined now by Jeremy Kassler, CEO of Art Futures Group. Good morning, Jeremy. Morning. So, can you tell me a little bit about how do you go about investing in art? Because it's a difficult topic for many people, isn't it? Yeah, of course. So, I suppose、um, the first thing you do is, is find a budget. How much you, you're looking to invest?、Mm-hmm. Uh, we would suggest that. There's three types of、uh, art levels. There's emerging art, there's mid-career art, and there's blue chip.、Uh, emerging art is generally art that comes from new artists without a track record.、Mm. Uh, mid-career would mean that the artist、uh, has some auction records previously,、mm-hmm. uh, hopefully Sotheby's or Christie's,、uh, this type of thing. And blue chip, as its name suggests, is Very expensive the top pieces that we've heard all about these big number sales that we heard about last year. Yeah, the front of the newspapers, you know,、yep. uh, you know, ten million dollars plus, even more in some cases. So, is it just for elite rich people, or can you know ordinary people who want to develop an interest in Chinese art can they participate in this market? Well, it used to be for the elite.、Um, there's been people investing in art for you know hundreds of years now.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but previously, of course, it was a very niche market, and the people who invested would tended to be、uh, people with a lot of money and a lot of time on their hands.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, they would seek advice from、uh, specialist art investment、mm-hmm. uh, brokers, if you like.、Uh, so previously, it was for the elite. But now, what we're seeing is that as there's more and more demand for alternative investments, such as、mm-hmm. art、mm-hmm. and wine, violins, th- this、yeah. type of thing. Uh, and of course, there's companies that are coming into the marketplace to help people to invest and, and hopefully make some money. So, is diversifying like this into something like wine, like art? Is that a good way of sort of hedging, if you like, against financial markets that are getting more volatile and maybe more unstable? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yes, I think as、um, as the world get richer, there's more and more people looking to to invest in these sort of areas, and of course, the prices go up accordingly.、Mm-hmm. Uh, You'll see in, in, for example, Beijing and, and Shanghai, where they're building, you know, forty or fifty thousand apartments a month. Well, of course, those apartments need to be furnished,、mm. uh, and with high property prices, you know, average prices a million US, let's say, of course, they'll want to put nice art on the walls.、Mm. Uh, and of course, art is a, is a finite commodity, so as the demand increases, the price increases. And、that's what we've seen over the last, certainly the last fifteen or twenty years. So, how do you evaluate Chinese contemporary art from your experience? Well, we we are very much data driven, so we we kind of take the emotion out of it. In some cases, we don't even look at the painting. Really, <laughs> which, which sounds bizarre. <laughs> I thought that was the idea of buying buying art. <laughs> it's the idea of art, but it's not the idea of investing in art.、Mm. So, I think the art itself does a good enough job of selling itself. That's the the whole point of art. It's aesthetically、mm. beautiful. What we look at is purely data, so it's irrelevant whether we like it or, or don't like、mm. it. We look at、uh, track records. We look at、uh, auction records.、Mm. We look at, of course, the, the potential going forward.、Uh, 
Uh, and a little bit like if you were buying a stock or a share. Uh, it's an investment, so on that basis you need proper data in order to invest in the first place. So is this data-driven approach the way in which you can try and do your best to make sure you don't overpay for particular pieces? It, exactly, yeah. I mean, one of, the, uh, one of the reasons why I personally entered the uh, investment art market was I was visiting a, a gallery in Singapore, uh, and I was looking around. There was, there was a lovely piece there. I was with my, my partner at the time. Of course, she said, oh, I love that piece. And it was a very uncomfortable situation. I bought lots of things. I bought cars, boats, mm. houses, and I felt more uncomfortable there because there was no prices. Mm. So what we decided was to bring some uh, transparency to the marketplace. We, you know, we want people to invest in something and see some, some benchmarks, some track records, so they know that, of course, they're not overpaying because mm. art is a notoriously opaque marketplace. Sure. So what are some of the common pitfalls that you should look out for when you're investing in, in Chinese contemporary art? Of course, provenance is probably the, uh, the number one, uh, let's say, important thing that you must have because art can be copied mm. uh, and it, it often is. So the provenance, which means obviously the, the, you know, the, the proof of where the it came authenticity from. Authenticity of it. Yeah. And if, sometimes provenance is impossible to prove 100%. Uh, for example, with some of these, these grandmasters, uh, the piece that sold last year for $450 million, they're still not 100% sure it is what, what they've paid for. Mm. Uh, but I think it's in everyone's interest to, to assume it is, of course. But you need impeccable provenance, not just for your own uh, self-being, but also if you're going to resell it, if you're going to take it to Sotheby's or Christie's or any other reputable auction house, the first thing they'll say is, nice piece, What's the provenance? So can you also, rather than invest in single pieces, maybe spread your risk and, and have a portfolio of, um, of arts? Definitely. You know, you, you must treat it like any other investment. Uh, it's the don't put your eggs in one basket mm -hmm. scenario. And of course, some artists perform better than others, but you don't know in advance which, which ones will. Mm. So the more options you've got, the more you spread out, the more chance you'll have one of those artists that could potentially go, go through the roof. And can you rent out that portfolio? Yeah, that, that's something that, that, that we, we try to do. Uh, we've brought a system where, a little bit like property, uh, where you, you, buy the, you buy the investment, you've got the capital growth, but at the same time, you can then rent it to an office or, or a bank or, or an advertising agency mm. and get, if you like, a dividend. And what your... sort of return could you realistically expect doing that? Generally speaking... Um, on the, on the rental market, you're looking around about 12% per annum, which is normally shared with the rental company. So you'll get, let's say, 6% on average. Yeah. But it, it's a nice dividend. that They're paid normally quarterly. So um, you get your dividend check every quarter. That was Jeremy Kessler, CEO of Art Futures Group. Well, time really flew by there, and we're coming up to the 9 o'clock news. Before I go, let me tell you about next week's programme. We're going to focus on disabilities and some of the specific problems the disabled face. Jimmy Lamb will speak to a listener who is partially sighted to hear about his working and financial difficulties. And in our investment segment, we'll discuss online investment platforms. In the meantime, this is Peter Lewis hoping you have a great weekend.